The Bar Star Podcast, hosted by Stephen O'Reilly, is a podcast about working musicians, their friends, and their opinions. Stephen is a musician in Louisville, Kentucky, who has... Wait a second. This guy's a drummer, not a real musician? Somebody gave a drummer a microphone for his voice? The hell? Unreal. Unbelievable. to another episode of the Bar Star Podcast, quarantine edition, if you will, because I'm at fucking home, you got nothing else to do. I am your host, Stephen O'Reilly, I want to thank you guys for checking this episode out, the seven of you that probably will, uh, I appreciate it, I know that I have not been consistent, I've been doing a show every month, every other month, versus every week like I did for the last couple years, but you guys know that life got busy, I was working like a dog, and now I'm at home being safe, because that's the responsible thing to do. Uh, Stacy has not killed me yet, that is a good thing, she wants to, I think, she might feed me to the cats, like that one bitch. Anyway, I hope everybody's doing well, I hope everybody is staying safe and at home, you probably have time to listen to all kinds of podcasts, so if you have not caught up on all my episodes, go do so, there's 68 of them. 70, I don't know, I can't count, math is not my strong suit. Anyway, I got the chance to have a conversation with Sean Wallace of Soul Circus. Sean and I, um, and we talk about this in the episode, we have not been friends that long and we're still not super, super tight, not because of anything weird, just because we haven't had the time to get to know each other, which we took care of that today or on this episode. But we go into all kinds of stuff, how Soul Circus formed his life and kind of where he got his start because he started in music late. But there is a disclaimer with this episode. There was an audio issue on his end. Uh, I'm not throwing him under the bus. I'm not being mean. It is actually just a fact. Literally a fact. We couldn't figure out what it was. We tried two or three different things. Nothing worked. So the audio quality on his end is a little janky, but it's not to the point where it's unlistenable because if that was the case, I would not be putting this episode out. I would redo it. So just bear with it and you will get through it. But I learned a lot about Sean and it was a cool episode. It was fun to watch him on Skype. We were, uh, just giving each other shit and having a lot of fun, and it was a cool episode. So take some time, check this episode out, listen to it, absorb it, get to know Sean, and uh, I will talk to you guys on the other side of this. Here is my conversation with Sean Wallace. Thing. I'm recording you. Then I won't say most of the stuff that I normally say. Why would I give a fuck? Because I don't want I don't want it to be recorded. <laughs> Does this mean you're not going to tell me how cute I am all the time? No, I don't care about that. Of course. 
All right, cool. So you've listened to my show, so you kind of know how things roll. I don't really have no script. I don't do any of that shit. It's just a conversation. Then I'll edit it, and I'll put the shit out. I love that. Is that an actual real pipe? Dude, I'm in my office right now, and literally in my office, I've got about 95 pipes, smoking pipes. I collect smoking pipes, vintage ones and newer ones, too. See, I did not know this about you. That's pretty damn cool. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. Okay. All right. So I'll do a. I'll do a. Uh, uh, crack pipe. Why do that? I'll do it. <laughs> you think I'd be a whole lot skinnier? <laughs> I'll do a, 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 a an intro and an outro later. At okay. Later time. Obviously, I won't do any of that now. Um. So we shall start at the beginning. Hi, buddy. How are you? Six pounds, ten ounces. We're starting at the beginning. <laughs> Damn. I don't know. Mm. That could be taken two ways, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. I'm great, man. You know what? I'm blessed beyond measure. So especially in these tough times, things are just going along swimmingly. Yes, things are things are crazy. It's It's even more crazy because... Stacy and I were talking about it, and as crazy as shit is right now, yet the weather has been absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I'll take that part. My yard is uh, is definitely thanking the weather because I've I've had like a tremendous amount of time to spend on mowing and weed eating and landscaping and all that like suburban dad bullshit. That you're supposed and, to be doing anyway. Yeah, I was supposed to be doing anyway. And I, never, I always pay somebody to do it. So, and <laughs> but I do. I always pay somebody to do it. But but you know because of everything going on, I, a I can't get anybody to work, and b I'm like I'm gonna hoard the money since I have time. I'll do it myself. No, well, fair enough. And I lost five pounds. It works. It works out good. You didn't lose five pounds. You just cut your hair a little bit. No, I yeah I I def I washed my balls and took a lot of the snag off of it. <laughs> All right, so you and I have have become friends. We're not super, super tight. We have not, unfortunately, we have not got to spend a lot of time together. But you and I have become friends over the last couple of years, um, and we kind of a happy accident. I had my introduction to you was I answered a Facebook post you put out, I don't know, three, four years ago, whenever it was. You were looking for a drummer. And we, yeah. you and I did, you and I didn't know each other because if my memory serves, you. Ooh, that's loud as shit. What are you doing in there? Sorry. Are you rolling a joint? No, I am not rolling a joint. That would be nice though. <laughs> Sign me up. Because <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, you got into the band thing and the music scene kind of late, correct? I, I did. You know, I mean, pop was obviously around. My dad was obviously in the music scene for. Uh, a tremendous amount of time, and I grew up in and around it um, here in Louisville, but uh, and in other cities that we lived in when I was really little. But um, right, I got in it because the economy tanked in 2008, and it was a situation where I was like, okay. So <clears throat> I told Dad, I said, you know, we both own businesses, and I'm like, what are we going to do for money? He's like, well, we're going to play music, and I'm like, yeah, I don't really play. And he's like, well, go book our first gig, and I'll teach you how to play bass. I'm like, okay, so I booked our first gig for two weeks from that day, and, and two weeks later, I had learned 45, so I didn't even know what the dots meant on the fretboard, and two weeks later, I learned 40 songs on the bass and started started singing out and playing five nights a week. Are you serious? Yeah, that's, what I, that's how it happened. 
That's crazy. I had no idea. That's cool as shit. How is your dad, by the way? Is he all right? Oh, man, you know, I mean... Unless you don't want to talk about it. Oh, no, 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 no. It's just cool. I mean, I, it's it's almost like, a, you know, so many people ask, which I'm so blessed for, but it kind of becomes almost like a broken record um, for me because... But just being real, I mean, he's alive, and I get to, I still am like, I'm very fortunate and blessed to be able to call him every day still because a lot of people can't say that. Right. So, I mean, I've got, I got a friend right now, and, and we all know him. His dad is sick with this stupid coronavirus, and, you know, you can never tell what's going to happen, and it can be taken away from him in a split second. Yep. Yeah, I, I actually, I don't, uh, I talked to him this morning. Actually. Yeah. 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 It sucks, man. Yeah, and, 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 it's, and it's not it's it's not just him. As I have about five, I have like forty nine hundred and fifty Facebook friends, and it's starting to really really pop up all over my news feed now. Their their sister or their mother or their uh, uh, father, uncle, brother, or themselves. I've got I've got seven or eight friends that uh, just on my Facebook that I know have it right now. They're in the hospital. Oy. Sucks, man. It does suck. Well, I, I, I'm I am glad that your pop is doing okay because he had some stuff going on before the, the whole Corona thing happened. So let's, because we ha- we're dealing with all this garbage, let's let's be positive and go back to throwing you under the bus. Do it. <laughs> I have very broad shoulders, bro. It's been through a lot. These shoulders, so come on, bring it on. You do. You've you've hugged me a few times, and I thought I was gonna poop because you squeezed me so damn hard. You liked it. I didn't I gotta, say I, I gotta, like it. I gotta clean it. I gotta clean it out for entry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you learned forty-five songs in two weeks, and is that how you formed Soul Circus, or was that just a different project that became Soul Circus later? That was just Dad and I in a duo, um, and we we did we called it Ten Cent Toe Booth, and Ten Cent Toe Booth came. That name was we got it from blazing saddles because at the time he and i weren't really doing much so we just sit around my house and watch movies gotcha. and we watch blazing saddles and you know old school stuff and part halfway through the movie the the horde of dudes are going to go like rape the town pillage the women you know whatever and they pulled up to the william j lepetamine throughway and it was a 10 cent toll booth and so uh-huh. he, he said somebody's got to go back and get a shitload of dimes so that that's where we came up with 10 cent toll booth Oh, nice. That's pretty funny. My MySpace page actually expels all that out. <laughs> you still access yours? Cause I can't no, I have no idea. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, I, I, I got nothing. I can't, I can't even re- begin to remember. I don't even remember what the hell my address was. Right, but that's how it really, that's, that's, <clears throat> we did that for about a year and a half, and then we started playing kind of in a full band um, with Tencent Toll Booth, and the full band was Dad and I, and then from Dad's uh, old band, Uncle Pecos, it was uh, Kerry Colbert on Jones, called him Uncle Kerry, and then Tommy Stribling, uh, who also played in the Atlanta Rhythm Section. So needless to say, the full band ended up being a like a ZZ Top and Atlanta Rhythm Section almost cover band. We did a bunch of that stuff. So. Oh, I got you. Well, that's cool. That was fun. Well, how did you how did you take to it when you first uh, when. I guess going back to the duo, was it was it weird to be quote unquote out front playing, or because you had been around it so long, where you just used to it and it just kind of came easy? My very first show, I was so nervous, and you know I'm an adult and I'm nervous. I've got this bass, 
and I don't play bass with a pick because I, I had, had always played a little bit of guitar here and there, but not much. But right. I used a pick, so I had to I weaned myself off the pick over the over a few months. But and now I can't use a pick when I play guitar. It's weird, but um, the it, I was so nervous. But then, like after the first couple of shows, the nerves went away. And and I don't even get nervous now on big stages. You know, we played. I played in front of twenty thousand people before, and I wasn't a bit nervous. I had a little bit of anxiety, like I wanted to get up there and do it. Right. Not nervous as as soon as I picked up the a guitar, or as soon as I grab a microphone, that goes away completely, and I own the stage. Nice. Well, you you definitely do own the stage, and we'll we'll get to that in a in a few. How did you form? How did Soul Circus come to be? Did it just morph into that? Or, or did let me rephrase the question? Did Soul Circus just morph out of all the other stuff you were doing, like with Ten Foot? Ten Foot. Damn it! There's a band in. Uh, yeah, but there's a band out of Charlotte called uh, uh, Ten Foot Jesus. They That's were actually around, a really cool name. Yeah, they were around <laughs> like in that. the Yeah, they were around in the '90s, and then there's another band out of Australia called uh, Twelve Foot Ninja. So I I always go to Foot when I hear a number in front of it talking about bands. Anyway, there's also an Eight Inch Elvis. Uh huh. His bass awesome. player is my bass player now. So, no, I like that. I like that. They're badasses. I got me some Joey Goldsmith. Um, Joey's a badass man. He's such a badass. I love that dude. Uh, but anyway, how did Soul Circus form? So, um, after Tencent Toll Booth, or kind of while it was still going on, I I started playing bass for a band called The Villains, um, and then I started playing bass for a a, a country band for a little bit of short stint that ended up being the Alan Lane band eventually. And, uh, Oh, I got you. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know, those guys all did a really good job, but I knew that I was starting to develop my singing abilities cause I never really sang before. Um, and of course my voice still isn't as seasoned as I want it to be, but, um, I was like, you know, I, I could probably do this and I know I can run a band cause I can run a business. I had businesses. Right. So um, I, I got with uh, the bass player, uh, the first bass player, which was Eric McEwen. I got with him, and I'm like, dude, let's form a band. And I'm like, I think I want it to be kind of like a, a multi-purpose band, but, but play music that we want to play, but also stuff that's kind of relevant that we can kind of change and make our own to make it even more relevant. And we did. So we started the band, and, and I pulled in. Um, really, our first drummer was Ricky Boone Wigginton, who is now the drummer for V Groove. Great, great uh, yeah, that yeah he, so he was our he was our he matter of fact that was his first drumming job pretty much when he came and played for us um and he couldn't keep up with our schedule eventually and then when we hired greg unthank on years ago greg was the fill-in drummer for v group at the time and herlin was like i need a drummer and i'm like dude call ricky because boom could do your all schedule because you don't play as much as we do. And plus you guys, you know, at the time they made better money than we did. So I'm like, he would do it. I guarantee you. And he took it. It worked out really well for everybody. So. Right. Greg's another great drummer too. Dude, I have been so blessed. And you know, Greg, same thing. He got a promotion at his job and he's like, Sean, I can't play two to four times a week anymore. I'm like, I get it, man. Don't no sweat. I mean, not a problem. Right. And that, is that how you found Hoback? No, um, we had DeAndre, drummer boy, who was another freaking phenomenal drummer. I don't uh, think I know that guy. Do DeAndre know Ferguson, drummer boy. I don't know if you do, man, but you see some videos of us with him playing, and he was—he's just a monster. And of course, he got—he got pinched. <laughs> yeah, dude, dude, there's a whole story behind that too, dude. I mean, I—I I don't know how much time we have, but man, we have as much time as you want. 
All right, so we started the side project. Hey, Sean, none yeah. of us have to go to work, brother. You got all the time you brother. want. Shit, man. <laughs> Shit. So um, we started a side project called Wallace and the Groove Hounds. And it was the same members in Soul Circus, um, which was myself, my dad, Mike Vest on the saxophone, Tim Flowers on guitar, Mike Hood on the organ, um, DeAndre Ferguson, drummer boy on the drums, and Earl Dickerson on bass. Was, we were a seven-piece band. Gotcha. And Wallace and the Groove Hounds was like a funky, grooving blues band, like in your face, like here's my nutsack. I'm going to throw some blues your way, and if you don't like it, I don't give a fuck, right? right. So, so um, we got that rolling, and our debut week was we practiced all originals, and, and then and we made, I wrote a bunch of songs, and then we worked up some, some intelligent covers, some like Tommy Castro and really funky, you know, hard-hitting stuff. Um, so anyway, the, our opening week was... Uh, we opened up for George Clinton on Thursday night, and then the net where well, we had a, a radio spot on Tuesday where we did a live in in studio, which was killer. Right. And then Thursday was opened up for George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic, and then Friday we headlined the Germantown Blues Festival. And I had, you know, I don't know, I had uh, like 15 different like major blues festivals that were going to be there Friday night to interview us. Right. Well, we had our last practice right um, in between the radio interview and the uh, George Clinton. We had our last practice. Well, DeAndre left my our my house from practice and got arrested, and we were we were two nights away from the George Clinton show, and he, he and he wasn't getting out. So I'm like, oh shit, what do I do? Because any drummer we pull in is not going to know our original music and all these these weird covers that we learned. Right. So I called Greg and I'm like, Greg, I'm like, man, I'm like, I need you. And he's like, I'll be there. And I said, well, I'm going to send you these songs. And he, he worked, I know he worked on them and he, bless his heart, he spent a bunch of time on it. And he, uh, he wrote all the charts, he charted everything. But you know how Soul Circus does that. We don't play anything the same way twice, no matter what it is. Right. So, so dude, we still killed the George Clinton show. And we also killed the Germantown Blues Festival. I mean, just killed it because Greg's a badass, but we ended up making them soul circus shows instead of the funky groove and blues stuff. So we, it just kind of killed the whole thing. I mean, we were shoot, shooting out of the gate where, you know, I mean, I was getting phone calls because people had heard us on the radio, like, oh my God, we got to have you. We got to have you. We're going to come see you. And it, it, we didn't end up getting all that stuff because of what happened with, with DeAndre getting pinched that week. So gotcha. it really, it, 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 my goal was to, to stop playing in bars and clubs and to do the festivals and stuff, mainly with Wallace and the Groove Hounds, and it didn't work out because of that, and it took the wind out of my sails, to be honest with you. So Soul Circus uh, has obviously been the staple for us now for like seven or eight years, right. and I, I love Soul Circus, um, but it's not really where my heart is, uh, to be honest with you. No, I get that. I, it's, I mean, you, you're quote-unquote late to the to the game or so or – you started later in the game, I should say. But I mean, I've been doing this for, I don't know, thirty years, thirty-five years. I'm fucking old. But the point is, is there's there's been so many projects that I've been involved with that have been like that. It's you you do something and you you build it and build it and build it. I mean, and everybody knows. Let me rephrase the word. Everybody, my listeners know that the whole Heaven Hill thing just fucking crushed me because that's how I wound up in Louisville anyway. Right. And I'm not, I'm not revisiting that story. Everybody knows it. But 
I'm only telling you that because I, I know exactly what you're talking about. You get to that point and you build and build and build and you've got all this momentum and then all of a sudden everything's right. gone and you're like, fuck. And you, don't, right. you don't know how to take it, but you keep going and you keep moving and it's kind of like the whole Willow Creek thing that we did, uh, Todd O'Meara and I did. That was a great – I love that band. I heard you guys down at uh, uh, at the Highland Festival, I believe, oh, and for Shit Lab. That was yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It, but the, the, the problem with that band is Todd and I, more me than Todd, we screwed it up. We just made bad decisions. And yeah. we – our first gig in that band was the uh, 50th anniversary block party for the Actors Theater. That was our first fucking gig. Right. I don't know, eight, nine, seven, eight, nine thousand people there, whatever it was. It was ridiculous. And that was we came out of the out of the gate crushing it. And right. then a year later we were gone because of right. stupid decisions. So I, I get exactly what you're talking about. It doesn't mean that Soul Circus has no love from you or anything like that. It's oh, just no. to the it's to the point where man, this is awesome, but it's not what it was supposed to be. Yeah, I think um I, I think so. You know, I find myself the more fans that we draw, it's like so Soul Circus. We'll we'll work up ten songs and we'll keep two because right. you know if it, if it if I can't if I don't have that greasy feeling when I'm doing it, I don't want it. Bring the grease out. Yeah, so that's exactly right. And and, and and honestly, the guys, the guys, I know that's frustrating to them because they spend time working on these songs. But if I don't feel it, I can't sell it to the audience. That's just the way that it is. If I don't no, feel I it, that. I can't sell it. So, And I don't want to do a song to be doing a song, but I do feel myself, the more following we get, the bigger the crowds are, I feel myself like, okay, maybe I should work up XYZ song because everybody loves it. And then I'm like, God, I don't want to do that song. That's the struggle that all of us cover band musicians go through at some Absolutely. point in time. Unless Absolutely. you just resign to the fact that, you know, Brian Eye Girls made, made you thousands of dollars over the years, so you're going to do it no matter what because it's the best song you've ever played because it's made you thousands of dollars. And my mind doesn't lend itself to that yet. Right. It's, it's funny you, you bring that up um, because I've had this conversation ad nauseum with all of my friends and all my musician acquaintances. I, I'm to the point now with the swerve when we pick stuff, I guess you could say collectively. Um, and I don't mean this in any, any shitty way at all. If it's a, if it's a split decision or we can't come to a mutual agreement between the five of us, I will make the final decision. Everything rests on me, I guess is right. the, the best way to say it. And again, I don't say that in any arrogant way or kind We do the same thing in, in, in soul service. Have to, yeah. somebody's got to be, you have to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, somebody's got to be, and and I started the whole thing, blah blah barf, but we we struggle with that too because a lot of our set out of the I don't know what we have at this point, maybe 70, 65, 60, whatever the hell it is, but out of our set, there's really only maybe ten songs that the average person is gonna know. Most people don't know half of the shit on our set, or seventy five percent of the shit on our set at this point. Uh, but we struggle with the same thing. It's well, should we throw in, like you said, Brian Eyed Girl, and I'll just I'll look at everybody and I'll go, nope, I can't do it. Yeah, that's right. It's hard, <laughs> isn't it? It's so it, difficult. It is hard. It's it's super hard. And I I've struggled with that the last couple bands I ran. When I had Gas Money, I did the same thing. Right. And when Todd came in, Todd Todd took the stance of exactly what you just said. He said, "Man, we've made so much money over the years playing X Y Z song. Let's just learn them. They're low hanging fruit. We all know them." And 
we can just put them out there and make our set bigger and keep them as back pocket songs. So it was kind of a nice little um, 50-50 booking, so to speak. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I'm having a difficult time getting these people on the dance floor. Hey, somebody play Sweet Home Alabama. I promise you we're going to get these people on the dance floor. Exactly. It's it's yeah. that kind of mentality, which I was cool with that because we weren't putting the XYZ songs in every damn set. Right. It was that kind of deal. In fact, I'll tell you a true story. We did a wedding because when with Gas Money, I was trying to do uh, what you were doing with, with Wallace and the Blues Hounds. Um, Blues Hounds, Blues Hounds. Close enough. Hounds, Blues Hounds, Blues Dogs. <laughs> Big dog. heads. Wallace Big and the Big Hounds. Yeah, Balls and the Big Balls and the Hairy Anuses. Write this shit down. Wait, we got to record it. We'll be fine. Uh, but no, I was trying to go more the corporate route and the wedding route. And we did, there was a, there was one wedding we did and there was, I don't know, we'll call it 300 guests. We could not get people to come to the dance floor yeah. at all. And Todd turned around and he looked at me and he goes, do Bon Jovi. I said, okay. We did it. And with, by the halfway through the first verse, the entire floor was covered. Was it living on a prayer or something? Uh, probably, more than likely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but but it, the the shit works. But That's I right. think I guess the ultimate point that I'm trying to make is I agree with you a million percent. Where that struggle is, you just you want to sh- kind of shoot yourself in the face with a paintball gun. Right. You're so frustrated, but at the same time, and I've said this on the show before, cliches are cliches for a reason. They work. Right. Right. So, so we'll we'll go from uptown funk. And then, you know, we have the option we have where they get the, I have the boys either stop if I don't want them to play it or I, cause everybody, like, I'm the only person with a monitor. Nobody on stage has a monitor, not even Dave. So he just watches my hand signals. So right. if, but I learn, you know, if we play so much together, you know how you learn people. So yeah. um, we always, I love to play Jungle Love by Morris Day in the Time. And oh, yeah. And I like to follow after Uptown Funk. You know, up to, uh, right into uh, to Jungle Love. But the problem is, there's like three people out there that love Jungle Love, and the rest of people are like, "What is this?" They don't. Right. They don't. They don't. And Jungle Love's a hell of a party song. More saying the time with badasses. Oh yeah. But but. You know, I can feel like as time goes on, I can feel people like they're losing their motivation. They start to leave the dance floor. So, so it becomes an issue. Like, okay, do I cut a song that I love to play? Because if I play Jungle Love right out of the gate, nobody would come to the dance floor. Right. It would work. All right, you ready? I'm I'm gonna give you a secret, but I'm gonna edit it. This. Are you ready? I'm gonna. Yeah, exactly. I can't say that word either. (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna edit this out, but I'm gonna give you a secret. And we're back. I can't tell you guys what I just told Sean. It's a trade secret. Yeah, it involves lube and gerbils. Well, and a, and a razor. <laughs> you didn't talk about that part. Can we go back on silence so we can talk about that? You kinky <laughs> bastard, you. <laughs> Once Soul Circus kind of got rolling after the, mm-hmm. the whole uh, Wallace and the Groove Hounds, I said it right, so I'm not a complete douche. Uh, when all that kind of was done in, in Soul Circus you figured out was going to be the mainstay for you, so to speak. When right. did you figure out that you're just going to dump a lot of time and energy into it and then make it what it became? Because you guys gig a shit ton. Yeah, we were, we were, we were already rolling before Wallace and the Groove Hounds. I was just kind of hoping to make that transition. Um, but it, it obviously it didn't work out. So I kind of, we went back to Wallace and the Groove Hounds. Um, and then, 
I mean, for me, it was all about, to be honest with you, it was about fan love. So, right. so I, I loved our, our group of people that really follow us. We call them Soul Circus Fan. And they are just, you know, they love us and I love to see their faces. And, and really the premise of Soul Circus and what is evolved into the, and this is where Greece comes from. I, is our fans a are a good cook, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. There's plenty of grease there. I made a meatloaf tonight, but it'll kick you in the tea. <laughs> that's, don't don't bullshit me. That's where the grease comes from because you're. That's right, guy. man. I put a meatloaf on the smoker and it is premium. It was primo tonight. It was really good. But um, anyway, anyways, go ahead. Yeah, anyway. So the the premise of grease is is we have fans from all different walks of life, right? All different income streams, right. um, all different. They all have. They all know each other, which is great. Which I love to see that camaraderie, but. I want everybody, I don't care if you're rich, I don't care if you're poor, I don't care if you're ugly, I don't care if you're pretty, short, fat, tall, doesn't matter, skinny. Um, I love to see them all on the dance floor at the same time. It doesn't matter what they're wearing, it doesn't matter how they look, they're sweating, and they're just, they're feeling the groove that we lay down. And I call that grease. They're creating their own grease because they don't give a shit about their surroundings. There's no, you know, there's no... um, uh, there's no judgment at all between them. They're all sweaty, and you know I'm sweaty, and I love that about those folks. I love to just feel. I feel their vibe, right? And that's why I turn down a lot of weddings and stuff. I do. I turn down a lot of weddings, and the reason I do that is because they they don't they don't act the same as our fans. And I want to play for people that want to have a good time and party and feel what we do. I don't just want to stand up there and play again such and such xyz song because that's what the bride wants to hear for her with her girlfriends right no i get that that makes 100 percent sense and it, and it's and it's smart if if let me rephrase that it's smart if that's what you're trying to do and if that's where your goal is i've told people a, a million times if i've told them once you can still make money doing what we do by right. doing what you want if you're smart about it for example, Sorry. like what you just explained to me, that's smart about it. Your fans know it. You know it. Everybody comes together. Everybody has a meeting of the mind, so to speak, and then you go on about your day. True story. One of my biggest fears, and I think about it all the time, is playing an event and failing. And weddings, for me, because of what we do and how we do it, even though people ask us to play their weddings or they ask for they want it for their daughters or whatever, I feel... Even though we don't fail very much, every time we have done a wedding, they've not been that great. And I don't want to play that event. I don't need the extra few hundred dollars bad enough to feel like I didn't rock that party like I should have because I'm not a band like the Crashers or Juicebox Heroes where their their songs are set up for that type of event. Mine are not set up for that type of event at all. It's not my set list. That's not my, I'll jam out on superstition for 20 minutes. I don't give a shit. If I'm feeling it, the band's feeling it, it translates to the crowd that we play for and they feel it for 20 minutes. Right. So, but you can't do that at a wedding. It doesn't work. Right. No, no, no. I, I get that a million percent and I, I will, uh, be a witness to the fact that you will jam out on superstition for 20 minutes because you made me, you made me do it. One night. <laughs> and you had a great time. You dickhead. I, I did, but I'll, I will tell you the, the, the honest to God truth. When, especially whenever Stacy and I go out, she'll look at me and it depends on which band we're going to see or whatever, but she'll go, are you going to get on stage? And I'm, nope, 
I don't care who it is. I'm not doing it. <laughs> for some reason, I cannot fucking say no to you, and it drives me nuts. I love it. Whenever I'm out and about and not playing, I, I very rarely get on stage, and people want me to. I disappear before they get the opportunity because I know it's coming. Oh, I do and too. I, I just, you know, I don't. It's not that I don't want to. It's not that I don't like singing to their people or singing with them. It's just that I don't know. I'm off. I, I don't. I don't look at it as a point of I'm off. I look at it as a point of I'm not here for me. I'm here. Right, right, right. I'm not there to see. So them calling me on stage takes away from them. Same feel. Right. I get you. I feel you. Except you do it to me every fucking time you see me. That's because I like to hear you play. I like the way you dance, Tony. <laughs> I love to watch you dance. Can I wipe the sweat from your forehead, Tony? That's a Saturday Night Fever reference for all of those out there. They're like, what the fuck's that guy talking about? Can I wipe the sweat off? Can I sweat the forehead, Tony? <laughs> I love to watch you dance. Can I touch your Can I touch your Italian cock, Tony? No, no, you can't. No, hey, get, get, what are you talking about? That's for fucking Adrian only. Yeah, oh Jesus. Well, anyway, so that's that's the deal. I mean, if, for me, it's all about love, and that's really what it's about, and that's why I've continued it and haven't. You know, and, and, and like a lot of a lot of guys have come and gone in and, and my band and they say, why don't you do this and why do you do that and why can't I do this and why? And I say, because if you piss somebody off and you're playing for me, they hold it against me, not you. They hold it against me because I am the band leader. It happens. It's happened plenty of times. Oh, I get that. And, and I, I say, I've, and I've dealt with it too. Yeah. So what I say is, is when you're long gone from this band and you go into another band, you can go back into this place and play. In 15 years from now, Soul Circus will still be my band. So I'm not a band hopper. I'm not that way. I've never been that way. I don't do a million bands. I do one. And because that's what I, that's, that's like me. That's my personality. Right. So, so I, I have to do the long, the long game. And that's why a lot of the guys have said in the past too, said, why do you ask for more money? I mean, we make good money now because I've done it correctly, but why do you ask for more money? Why don't you and I said, I will, but I am on a slow growth program. I'm in it for the long haul. Stick with me and you'll see. And now the guys are the guys that I have now are reaping the benefits of the hard work that the guys before then put in. So I'm like, just trust me. If you demand fifteen hundred dollars or eighteen hundred dollars to play a show and you go into a venue and you don't have a crowd, that's a big freaking problem. And it's hard to backtrack. Oh, I, I agree 100%. So instead, you, you, each year we ask for a little raise at our venue, a small raise every year. Every year we go up and up and up, and we have for the past seven years. Now we're doing pretty daggum good, but I've also been able to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are worth it and we, we they make money on us and if one or two gigs are a little down they don't come at me like oh my god dude i lost so much money tonight where was everybody they chalk it up to hey soul circus had a little bit of a bad night no big deal because they produced for us for seven years every freaking time right no, slow and, and, growth programs business yeah, it, i was getting ready to say it's that's just good business it's actually it's kind of business one-on-one it is and that's and a lot of these guys that have played for me they don't understand that, unfortunately. I love them all to death, um, but they don't understand that 
Some of them do, of course, and especially the ones that I have now. The ones that I have now that seen it. Of course, a lot of these guys have been with me for three and four years now. The group that I have now are pretty much, they've been with me a long time. And they have seen what I've been able to do over the past three or four years, and they'll be like, dude, you were spot on when we first came here. You told us what to do and what to expect and why you were doing it, and you were right. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but it's just the truth. If all know, this, Truth is truth, man. If these guys would just take a step back, produce a good a, a good product, right, and coddle their crowd, introduce themselves to people, talk to their f- people, build their following, and, and start out – you don't have to start out being cheap. But you can't. They'll set out twenty five hundred dollars a show. You can't. There's because you, if you don't produce, you're fucked. Yeah. But but start out at a decent wage, something you can live with, and then as you start to produce over and over and over again, ask for a little bit more. Hey man, we're doing really well. Can we have a hundred bucks more a night? You know, can we have an extra hundred and fifty dollars a night? Because we've been, we've proved ourselves. We've proven ourselves. And right. 99% of the time, the venue's like absolutely. And I've even had times before where I'll say, hey. We're, we're going to go up in 2018. This is going to be our new event. And they'll say, you know what? You've produced for us so much. We're going to give you an extra blah, blah, blah. We're going to even go above and beyond what you asked for because you guys kill it every time. I'm like, dude, thank you so much. Right. It builds trust with the venues, and it builds trust with your guys when you're able to do that. And for the most part, I split my money with my guys 100%. I don't – I do even cut all the way across the board. I don't take more money unless it's something where I'm putting in a whole bunch of extra work. Right. Um, other than that, I split the money with the guys evenly as much as possible. That's smart. Yeah, you, ha- you so, have to do it that way. That's right. There's, I mean, there's, there's no. Everybody does business different, and we could have a a, a four hour conversation about this, and we, oh, we probably, yeah, we we probably should figure out how to do it with eight or nine of us man leaders in town. That would be interesting. Oh, good, good Jesus. God, I- God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'll say every one of God, Yahweh, Jesus Christ, you know, I'd say I'm all the same one. That would be a, that'd be a train wreck. I was, that's what I was getting ready to say. That would be a fantastical train wreck. That would be a train wreck, almost Tiger King worthy. <laughs> See what I, did there yeah, I, haven't, I haven't even seen it yet. I'm going to have to. Everybody's oh talking God, about it. Dude, you have I've to heard it's just a freaking like a riot. It is the train wreck of all train wrecks that you just cannot look away from. I can't wait. Just I'm going to binge oh, watch. I'm going to go to sleep then. I'm just going to binge watch. <laughs> just gonna binge watch Tiger King, um, but no, we could, we could have a, a a whole conversation on that, which would which we should probably do at some point. But I think every I think every band leader has a different a slightly different philosophy from everybody else. But at the sure. end of it all, it's all pretty much the same thing. It's what works for you. The, the bits, bits and pieces of the uh, the bits and pieces of the whole, which everybody wants the whole. Right, but the bits and pieces are are made specifically for your situation. Right, but what I was going to say is is all of us have the same goal, and right. it's all to build a brand, build a business, make money, and have fun doing it. Doing what you want to do to make money versus I don't know shoveling shit or digging ditches. What insert your own comparison here? Sometimes playing think- music's like shoveling shit, bro. <laughs> You are not wrong. You got right? that gig, I guarantee it. Oh, fuck yes, I have. I would rather shovel shit naked in the fucking snow. Um, but the, the point is, I think that if you form any kind of business, restaurant, which is sucking right now for all of us local. Oh, yeah. Bless y'all's heart. If you form a band, if you form a homemade widget fucking sales shop, 
the philosophy is always going to be the same, but I like what you said. The bits will be a little bit different, but the end goal should always be the same. That's right. Good product. Everyone's happy. Everyone makes a living. And I, I think if, if more bands would adopt that philosophy and if people would understand that philosophy a little bit more, in the same line, you always have to know that you're not going to be able to please 100% of the people 100% of the time, but you can't use that excuse every time no, because that's a problem. But there are a select few, even in contracting, I've done contracting uh, for 18 years, and in 18 years, I've had two unsatisfied customers too and they both were in 2018 i think um but out of everything i've done i've had two i and, and, I, and I chopped up like you know what no matter what i do no matter how much shit i have to fix no matter how much i have to do in there no matter how much i have to explain how big the problem is i'm not going to make them happy no matter what no you're not so do all you can do and then lose the money you're going to lose and walk the fuck out but that's the same way it is in music I'm not going to be able, there are going to be shows, even as popular as we are, thank God, knock on wood, there are going to be shows that I'm going to play to the bartenders. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. For you sure. can't play two, four times a week and not have that happen every once in a while. Can't. No, you can't. And that's that's what started to happen to Jefferson Tarkbus at the end, which is why I walked away. And then Dave, a couple months later, decided that it was time to end it. We were crushing it for years. And right. then it just got to the point where we were doing what you were talking about. It'd be one in the morning and we're playing to the bartenders and it was just, it was stupid. What is, um, which I was going to get into that anyway. Um, as far as your contracting business, I figured we get the band shit out of the way first. You own two businesses, correct? Or you Uh, just own one? I I do. I own two. I own a, uh, construction company and I also own a, a real estate company. Okay. That's what I thought. The purple door, correct? Yeah. Purple door. Um, proud of me for remembering it. I love that about you. It's a lot better than you did with the band names. It's fucking fantastic. You're so no, good at that. Because that's a that's a longer name, and I'm fucking dumb. I play drums, man. I'm not real it's smart. It's not dumb. It's an attention span. There's a big difference, man. What? <laughs> Squirrel. Shiny. Wait. What? <laughs> yeah, man. It's awesome. Okay. So so I, anyway, I built my first house. I built my first house in 2002, uh, and then I only did new construction, new homes. Until 2008, and obviously 2008 happened, and ever since then I've only done remodels, except I'm starting two new houses this year for clients. Um, but I, I did a brief stint in from 2000 and like late 2017 until uh, late 2018, where I, used, I actually hired my own guys, my own crews. And had payroll and all that. That was a freaking train wreck. The, the human resources <laughs> side of that was so stupid. And you know, so I went back basically to general contracting and using the subcontractors that I've used for all these years. But the thing is, is my subcontractors aren't cheap. So as I could do a project with my own guys and save my clients a lot of money, when I went back to just using subs because the quality was better and everything else, the price also went up. So unfortunately for folks. Um, I only do now, I only do big projects. I don't take anything small. I only do 100,000 plus projects or a $60,000 kitchen or something like that where the, the people have enough money that I don't have to squabble with them over a $200 piece of wood. Right. You know, and and um, and also too, if there's if, if, if I'm doing cost plus and there's something happens, they have the money to fix it. I, you know, and, and they want to order fucking marble floors, you know, and they want to, it's like, I'm like, you understand that that's, 
the thirty dollars a square foot extra. Oh, I don't care. I don't care. And at the end, when they get the bill, oh my god! And it's like I told you, I don't want to fool with people that don't have the money to to be able to do that stuff anymore. Because I used to try when I had my own crews. I would try to help people out and do stuff kind of on the cheap so because they knew they didn't have a lot of money. And then the end product, what they were looking for and versus what I could deliver for the money, weren't quite the same. Right. Because they didn't really have the money in order for me to really do it right. The way I would normally do it in my new construction or whatever. Or my, 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 my more high-end clients. So I would get punched in the face over and over again for trying to do things and try to help them out. But it wasn't what they wanted. They wanted. Uh, they had a million. You know, they had. They had uh, champagne taste and, and a beer yeah. budget. It's basically yeah. what. It was. Yeah. You know, you've heard that saying. But it's just. The, it's the truth. Yep. You know, I can't do it the way I really want to do it. But it's not that I did it wrong. I, it just wasn't as fluffy and as awesome as it would have been if you would have been able to to pay an extra five hundred dollars to have this one thing done. Right. So, I, I think I watch enough HGTV. Ironically. Um, and I watch car shows. Now, you're probably thinking, what the fuck? Where am I going with this? The point is, people sometimes don't understand, and it's the same thing musically, especially drums, because drums are so fucking expensive. But right. people, people just don't understand sometimes that if you want this, it's going to fucking cost you a lot of money to get this. That's right. I can get you somewhere kind of close, but it's not really going to be what you envisioned, and it may not be what you wanted when it comes out. And I, I, it sounds to me like that's a lot of the problem that you ran into. It and is. That, and that, by the way, is not a slam on people that have money or people that don't have money. Absolutely. It, it's a fucking reality. It's the brass tax. That's exactly yeah. what it is. And, Absolutely. And I want to so, live in Manhattan. Guess what? It ain't fucking happening because right. I can't afford that shit. So out of the hundreds and hundreds of clients that I've had, the two that I that didn't turn out the way that I wanted to, had two pissed off clients happened in 2018 during that period. And and after I, I had 13 projects going at one time. So after I dug myself out of that 13 project hole, um and those two two clients that were pissed off i'm like you know what i'm not doing that shit anymore i'm gonna go back to doing it the way i used to do it and i did so and at the same time i'm gonna get my real estate company going which i did my partner and i and that's rocking and rolling unbelievably and even during all this this coronavirus bullshit my real estate company is freaking humping i mean humping it and we have so many investors too, that I don't think the money really matters because they you either got money or you don't when it comes to, to investing money. So it's no, just not yeah, a problem. You're, you're right about that. Yeah, it's there's I had a conversation with somebody, and I think because my, my shows are not as consistent as they used to be because I got so busy, but hey, I got a lot of time on my hands now. Um, but I think <laughs> I'd actually, yeah, I gotta, I gotta do some fucking podcast. Um, but I think I actually did a solo show on this uh, uh, talking about wealth envy, and I've never understood people that have wealth envy. Right. And there is there is an actual true statement to what you just said. You either have money or you don't. And it's not a – again, it's not a wealth envy thing or a slamming on anybody thing. People that are super wealthy or very well off, the majority of them have just made better decisions than the rest of us. That that's a fucking fact. It's that's not. It's not an opinion. It's not. Oh, it's well, absolutely the truth. Yeah. It, well, they've had shit handed to. Yeah, there is a very small percentage of people that have had shit handed to them. No, Most no, people, nobody handed me a goddamn thing. 
Right. We, we do well. My family, unfortunately, Tiffany and I, um, we, we don't really have a whole lot of worries financially. But the bottom line is we busted our fucking asses. And especially since 2008, we have made incredible decisions. Right. Absolutely. You've you've made better decisions. But I think and where I was going with this is what you just said, because you have investors that you either have money or you don't. And right. I think there's a lot to be said for that in where I'm going with this, because I'm kind of tying it into the whole shit we're going through now. I was talking to Jared, who owns the restaurant that I work at sure. um, and owns diamonds and all that kind of stuff. And he was talking to a lot of his clients that were kind of saying the same thing. They're fine. They're still making money. They're working from home. They're doing whatever they're doing. And they're, they're higher in the income scale. In the positive spin I'm going for right now is I think once we're all out of this, I think there's going to be a lot of positive changes. And I think there's going to be a lot of positive growth because, <laughs> number one, motherfuckers are going to want to get out of their house. But <laughs> right. I, I think there's going to be that echelon of people like yourself, people like that work at home that have they've made better choices and they're better well more well off better well off i can't even fucking talk today what day is it i think it's May, april the 93rd or some shit that is um people i that, get what you're saying spend money well i can put it in in, a, in terms of and this is true prior to 2008 i was in my you know i was in my my mid late 20s when i started building houses. mid 20s when i started building houses right and I'll be frank with you, 2006, I was rolling, bro. I mean, I built 10 custom homes by myself. You know, I averaged 10%. You'd kind of do the math on 10 of 10 homes, 10, 500,000, 400,000 homes. You make 10%. I was rolling. But I spent money like it was, I mean, I spent a lot of my big house, brand new cars. I mean, I, we went, Tiffany, I was 28. She was 26. We went and bought a $55,000 Tahoe. I mean, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous, stupid, stupid, stupid. So when I, when I went to hell in a handbag, I changed, I modified. So what I'm trying to say is I was lucky enough, I guess, so to speak, to go through that economic downturn that lasted for like four years from 08 to 2012. Right. And I was able to go through that at a very young age and being in business at that time to learn how to modify how what my habits were in order for the next time the downturn came it wouldn't affect me as much. Right. Now, a lot of people that are younger than we are didn't experience that then. So this could potentially, if this goes on for a few months or six months, and we slip into a recession, which I think is going to happen at least, at least moderately, a small one, they're going to understand this is like their crisis moment. This is their defining moment. This is where they say, oh, oh. Maybe I shouldn't have. I made fifty thousand last year. I made forty thousand or sixty thousand. Maybe I shouldn't have spent all that money. Maybe I, sh I should have had. I sh should have spent half that money and put the extra ten, fifteen thousand I could have had left over in savings for a rainy day. So you're going right. to start to see. Hopefully, people modify. I mean, think of it this way. And I'm going to. I know we've got time, and you can choose to put this in the show or not. But this is the oh, way no, it is. This is good shit. I like it. If you buy two rental properties a year and you only need to buy a rental property about twenty grand, and I know it seems like a lot, but it's really not when you when you look at how much money you could save over what you spend. If you could buy two rental properties a year for ten years, that's twenty rental properties. Put them on fifteen year notes. You're not gonna make a dime off those things for, for fifteen years, okay? Not a dime. They're just going to pay for themselves. 
Right. They're paying, but your your tenants are are paying down your debt. So at the end of 15 years, you've got 20 rental properties. You have a positive cash flow, positive cash flow of twenty thousand dollars at least a month after you pay for a property manager to do it for you. So you don't have to get phone calls at two o'clock in the morning. Twenty thousand dollars a month. Now. If you've got basically two million, 20 rental properties, you've got basically at least $2 million in equity. You right. can either sell that and go buy, a, a, put a down payment on a larger complex, or you can just live off 20 grand a month. People, people don't, it's so simple. Save your pennies because they will turn into dollars. And in two years of saving hardcore, you could go out and buy a rental property. True, you're right. I got a friend of mine who's a watch fiend. He buys ten, fifteen thousand dollars watches. He doesn't own any property. I said, dude, stop buying ten thousand dollars Rolexes. Buy a rental property instead. Build long-term wealth, so you don't have to worry about it. So your kids don't have to worry about it. Right. And it, it, I know it sounds like a lot of money, but in the grand scheme of things, like even for me, I stopped dealing in hundred-dollar bills at a time. I deal in the thousands now. Everything's a thousand dollars, right? Just about everything you do now is a lot of money, right? Right. So, so the more, but the more you save, and I, and I don't live cheap by any means. I do lots of nice things. I, I go to, we go to nice dinners, and we, you know, we have nice stuff. I mean, I have a hot rod, and I've got a three-year-old. You do got a hot rod. Yeah, right. right. You know about that. I want to hump that truck. That's exactly right. But if you can set yourself on a budget and save ten grand a year after two years, you can go buy rental property. It blows my mind that people don't see that they could retire you could have those 20 rental properties forever and retire and live off 20 grand a month that's that's a two hundred forty thousand dollars a year in income yeah true I, I i one of the things i said on that show when i was bitching about wealth envy is the thing i've noticed about people that have wealth envy are shitty with their own money I'm serious. Every fucking person I've ever met that is super jealous of rich people or they have actual wealth envy, what I consider wealth envy anyway, they're fucking horrible with their money. Right. And if you think about it for a second, you'll you'll probably come to the same conclusion. Just think about all the people that quote unquote hate rich people. Every one of them are shitty with money. I see it on Facebook all the time. It, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's it's funny. It's funny. We deal with a lot of first time investors. You know, I, we try to help people start investing. You know, for in real estate, not in the stock market. I don't know anything about it. I let you know, the four hundred one k people deal with that, and the and the IRAs people deal with that. But teach people how to diversify their portfolios into real estate, and and what they need to do, and try to help them set up a budget, and you know, save your dollars, and do this and do that. But it's amazing what these people spend their freaking money on, bro. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, how much money do you all make? And they say however much it is per month, and I'm like. You make a lot of money, you have, but you're telling me you have no money. What are you spending your money on? Yep. But like, dude, you you and you such and such make seventy thousand dollars a year. What are you spending your money on every month? You, you make forty thousand dollars a year, and and you live with two roommates, and you've got a, a, a no car payment because you paid cash for it, or you've got a small car payment or whatever. What are you spending your money on? What do you what do you spend? Why? What do you do? Are you are you are you, are you snorting it? I mean, I mean, if you are, it's cool. Call me. You know, let's have a party. But the thing is, 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 is what are you spending your money on? You should be saving some of it at least. Maybe half that money that you're wasting, save it. 
if nothing else is to have a nest egg when you get when you get canned from your job when the coronavirus comes around to have something to get you through don't rely on government's going to send you money but you know you, there's going to be catch to that you know you're going to have to do something so so take the money but have 10 grand in reserves to where you can get through two months of downturn or three months of downturn right no you're 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 100 right it's it, that's it from, absurd from a band discussion to a business discussion. I hate that. I'm sorry. For, I'm sorry, man. It's supposed to be no, bar star, not Sean's a, a, a dickhead trying to teach everybody to save their money. No, 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 dude. I, listen, I've there's been episodes I've gotten texts and emails about because they're they were asking me what the fuck I was ranting about because they didn't get it. it that's one <laughs> one thing I love about my show. And, Tell them all to fuck themselves, and I said it. Right. And by by the way, my show, I talk about what I want. And I love I love talking about stuff like this because I had a one going back to the conversation I had, somebody was busting my balls because they said, Well, you don't have any fucking skills on paper, you're just a musician, yada yada yada. And there is wait, wait, hang on, hang on. No, 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 no. Here here's the cool part though. There is truth to that. It's not a hundred percent true, but it is true because on paper, I don't have any skills. I I chose, but that's the key word right there. I chose to be what I am. I chose to play drums for 30 years. Now I've got to do some reconfiguring and make some different choices. But the the ultimate point I'm getting to is I'm still fucking happy, and I don't blame anybody else for my yeah, problems. Dude, you, you have you, you have an intelligence level that um, is beyond what you're what they're what they're saying. You know, does that make sense? Like yeah, you 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 can do it. How old are you? 45. Okay. You have the ability right now to do anything you want in your life, no matter what, because you're smart enough to do it. You can't. So, so, so no matter what, I mean, dude, I I could have, I could have, I could have just played music. I could have, and I would have been happy doing that. Oh, of course, I'm never really, really happy with anything. I got to keep pushing, but <laughs> I, I got to push more. You know, I get that. I go more, but but that's also part of the drive as, as to what has has contributed to my semi success. Right. Is because of 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 the drive to want, constantly want to do more. But you could you could do whatever you want, dude. I don't know if you'd be president. I don't know if that'll work. No, I'm not interested in politics. I hate politics. But the only here here's the point that I'm getting to, and the only reason I told you what I just told you is it's like I said, I don't. I, I am 100% happy. I have no issues, and the issues that I do have, I don't blame anybody for anything because it's all been oh, my choices. Yeah, yeah. You see where I'm going with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I'm perfect. I'm not yes. saying that I can't do anything or oh, I'm not complaining about shit. That was kind of my point. What I was talking about in that one episode I did about the wealth envy thing. If you make shitty choices, that's your fucking fault. That's right. It's a you true story. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's I that's where I'm going. I I am at the point in my life now where I'm starting to make different choices, not for self-pity or not because i feel like i failed or not for any other reason other than it's time some shit i was trying to do didn't work all right cool let's go in a different direction and try something else. that a million times Same oh, absolutely absolutely you have to and that's just about changing your choices and by the way thanks for saying i'm intelligent boy do i have you fooled <laughs> dude so you, man, that, that's you crazy just, you, just, you, you just think i'm cute i'm just trying to get your pants it's a true story Again, you don't have to try too hard. Again, man meat. Yes. So what else you got going on? We'll uh we'll wrap this thing up so I can let you get back to your truck. I mean your 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 hot little wife and your awesome son. That's right. Um, I need to help your truck. I I really do. You can't wait time you want. 
When this shit's over, will you take me for a ride? Absolutely, you can leave a stain in there. Oh, I will. The wall, the wall, of, the wall of stains. Catch <laughs> <laughs> you it. Uh, like this, now this stain was Stephen O'Reilly, and this stain was Jimmy V. And uh, <laughs> I don't think we're absolutely nuts. Tell everybody what your truck is, because they most of my people know that I'm obsessed with older hot rods and stuff. It is a 1959 Chevrolet Apache pickup truck. It is goddamn beautiful. Sorry, well, I love that truck. It's a uh, satin black. Um, you know, got the rims and. It's, it's great, man. I love that truck. A lot. Call it Sanford, right? Call it Sanford, because when I got it, it was rough, dude. It looked just like the Sanford and Sons truck, and it didn't even run. Like Sanford, I mean, it was bad, bro. Nice. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I love that truck. It's It's been a lot of fun. Deacon calls it his truck already. He's three, of course, so. That's because he's a smart fucking kid. I know, man. I know, but... It, it is a beautiful truck, though. Seriously. Thank you. And, and you know, I mean, uh, just trying to go back to the music, too, real quick. I, I just wanted to say that I, I respect you very much musically. I respect you as a person. I really appreciate your talent. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm brutally honest with people um, because it's just the way that I am. I don't have time not to be. I and, agree 100%. And, uh, I'm the same way. I very, very, very much appreciate and respect your skill, um, and you as a person, of course. But just sticking to the music, your 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 pocket, and for me, my music and what I do is all about really. It's about the bass player, but it's really about the drummer. Right. So I mean, I'm a, I'm very much a rhythm section oriented mental mentality. So. Um, and, and a drummer that, and as we all know, each beat has three beats. It's got on the beat, behind the beat, and, and on top of the beat. Yeah. And the fact that you can sit back in the pocket and be just behind that beat and make a singer like myself feel comfortable enough and give me enough room and the guitar players enough room to do what they do, is, is that's a magical thing. So I appreciate you and what you do and very much, and I appreciate your talent very, very much. So I'm not going to try to blow smoke. I'm just being real. Well, thank you, brother. I, I, I appreciate that. I um. I, I always tell people that I'm I'm good at three things, and that is uh, playing drums, drinking coffee, and I'm not telling you the other one. <laughs> Seriously, I, I appreciate that. That that makes me feel good. I mean, drums is music, and drums is is obviously it's it's always top of my list. Um, and I have other interests, of course. I mean, I'm human. I do all kinds of crazy shit. Not right. crazy in that word. In that. The literals, literally the literal sense of the word, but drums and music is, is always come first. And it's, it's something, it's probably the one thing that is always a constant in my life that I've always made a priority somehow. Right. So, so for you to say that, I, I definitely appreciate it because and, you go ahead. Yeah. And, and one other thing too, man, it's a true story. You know, the Louisville music scene, we are, uh, we are brothers and sisters. We are a fraternity. And sometimes we all fight and squabble. And, and Lord knows I've had my share of fights. I have a couple of, uh, unfortunately, I've pissed off a few people fairly recently. But the, the, the bottom line is, true story. You know, I was a president of Murph last year, and I was a vice president the year before that, and I was on the board for five years before that. No matter who they are, our brothers and sisters, even the ones that I don't really like or the ones that I've pissed off, 
I would do anything for them if I could. As long as it doesn't hurt me bad, I would do anything for any of them. For you, for for any any of our brothers and sisters that are professional musicians in this town, I'd do anything for them because I believe in our scene and I believe that the better the better our scene is, the better and the stronger our venues are, the better the tourism is, which in turn turns into money for me. So yeah, there's an end game with myself, but I want everybody to do good because everybody has the opportunity opportunity to do good and and during this time i've I've reached out to a few folks that i know play music a lot and that's their primary income and and the true story i'd do anything for those folks if i I told a few of them i got a full tank of gas and a pantry full of food if they need something i'll be there in a second for them if i can that that is a total true story because i will out you on the air or on the air like i'm a fucking radio show i gotta edit this shit and all that uh, jokes aside, I will out you on my show. You called me, and I I greatly appreciate it. That well, yeah, that, you uh, have to say that, but yeah, it's a true story. No, no, no. no. I I am gonna say it because I most people know that, and I joke about having one feeling, um, and and I don't let anybody see that one feeling. But that that would made a little. There was this weird lump thing that happened in my throat. I don't I don't know what happened. So I I, oh, appreciate, I appreciate you calling me. That made me feel good. And there's been yeah. a lot of people that have called me, and I've called a lot sure. of people. So of course. I, that's, I, I, that's what it's about. Absolutely. We all yeah. have to have each other's back, especially because a lot of us that are musicians are in the service industry also. That's uh, right. That's for right. me, I just went back to the service industry full time, and then th- all this shit happened. So it was Dude, weird. I could, have easily, about... I could have easily played music and bartending my whole life, and I'd have been perfectly happy. Right. I mean, I, I don't need the thing, even the things that I have. I don't even need them. I have them, but I don't need them. I could, I could have bartended, and played music, and and just been happy, and and that would have been a fantastic life for me. It's not what I ended up choosing. But the bottom line is a true story, man. Is we have to help each other because in the end, that's all we really have. That's it. You know, the respect and the love and the help. Uh, you are you are a million percent right. And with that, I'm going to let you get back to your your family and tell you. Stop. that I, I miss your smell. <laughs> Do you, hey, you know it what? smells so fucking good. If I, I swear to God, this is a true story. This is a true story. <laughs> if if I had a fucking dollar for every time, every message that I've gotten over the past week, week and a half from people like, dude. I miss your smell. I want tell what cologne do you have. I want to go buy it because I miss the way you smell it when they come and hug me. Dude, I would have to play all the rest of the year. I mean, it's happened over and over and over again. So just for everybody who's listening out there in Barstar Land, true story, I wear Creed Aventus. Creed Aventus. So if you want to smell like Sean or you want your man to smell like Sean or you want your woman to smell like Sean, however you whatever kind of or you want if you're a man and you want your man and your woman to smell like Sean. Get Creed Aventus. You want your dog to smell like Sean? You sniff that motherfucker all night long. <laughs> Creed Aventus. That's it. <laughs> I love your face. I love you too, buddy. I appreciate you having me on, man. I'm sorry I kind of got off track from music, but no, 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 no. no. Listen, man. It, that's the again. I, I will beat this horse until it, it it comes back to haunt me forever. Whatever we talk about on my show. As long as it's not politics, religion, or sports, yeah, you can shit. go in any fucking direction you want to go. That is one one rule I made for my show, even though I'm a one-man show and I do it all. That's the one <laughs> thing I always said that I would never do. I would never filter anybody. 
I would never tell somebody that they can't talk about anything other than those three things, which I don't, I don't even talk about that shit in my personal life. I don't know if you know that about me. I don't. No, I think it's a badass thing, a badass place to be, man. Thank you. Um, but as far as the show goes, anybody can talk about anything they want to. I mean, I've, I've had all kinds of conversations. So I, the, the biggest reason I like it, and I will leave you with this thought, the biggest reason I like it is because it gives me an insight into people that I've known for a long time and people like you that you and I know each other and we're friends, but we're not, we don't know each other intimately. And I don't mean that in a funny way. I mean, in a serious way, we don't know each other intimately. I don't know a shit ton about you, but I've gotten in the last hour or so, I've gotten a better perspective of who you are as a human. Right. So I love where any conversation goes. I have no issue with it. I think in, in the history of the show, it's been a couple of years since I've started the show. I think there was, and I don't even remember who it is. I'm not trying to not out him because I'll out anybody. I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, but I, there was one person I told him they had to stop fucking talking because they went into the whole religion thing. Not on my show. No, 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 no. no. Right. In fact, um, Stacy and I have been together almost 12 years, and we have never really had a deep discussion about religion. That's yeah. how I think about that stuff. I don't talk about that shit with anybody. That's right. It's not just my show. Right, right. And everybody's got their own beliefs, and they should be their own, theirs and their own. That's exactly right. And with politics, same thing. You got your own beliefs, keep them to yourself because you ain't going to change my mind. I'm not going to change yours. So let's move forward. That is 100% sure. Last thing, where can everybody find you on the uh, social media bullshit? Oh, God, I don't know. You can't send me a friend request because I'm maxed out, so forget that. But you can follow me. Are Uh, you on uh, Instagram and Twitter? Yes, but no. I mean, I I haven't been on either one of those. I think I posted two pictures on Instagram. One was my truck and one was of Deacon. And with Twitter, I couldn't figure it out, and it pissed me off, and I threw my phone in the toilet. Swear to God, that happened a few years back, and I've not picked up Twitter since. I was like, fuck, fuck this Twitch shit, and I put it in the toilet. I got a buddy that gets on my ass all the time. He wants me to do Twitter. Twitter, to me, is an online time suck, but I do have it because I can keep up with certain things. Sure. Uh, but I have found that Instagram is more useful for fast things than Facebook, but I like, no, I may have to check that. I may have to get on there more often because I couldn't, it's another thing I couldn't figure out. Like I couldn't even figure out how to post. I mean, I was like, what, what is this? What's my Facebook? Where's my MySpace, bro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but no, soul circus band, um, which is facebook.com slash soul circus band. So if you just go, so we, we pop up there and then yeah. Sean with a U S H A U N S Wallace. I always put my middle initial and I always pop up. You can follow me if you can't friend me. So, um, and you know, I don't know. That's it really. And it, it, that's, that's if you even want to, if not, don't worry about it. Come catch a show sometime. And it, it, by the way, if anybody comes out and mentions that you listen to somebody, I don't know, come up, introduce yourself to me at one of our shows and say, I heard about you on Barstar. I will let you buy me a shot of fireball at full price. What a, Fucking deal, dude. I'm I like it. it. I know. I know. I love it. The I'm always providing for people. Podcast full price shot of Fireball. I'm That's in. Right. Sean, I love your face, brother. I love you too, buddy. Call me if you need me. You know that. I will. And and the same to you, man. I will talk to you soon. See you, bye. See you. Well, that's it, kids. That's the show for now. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. I hope you learned a little bit about Sean, and uh, you might have even got some money tips. You might have uh, learned some business tricks, as it were. Uh, I know I did some stuff that I didn't think about before, but now he's got me thinking because he's a smart fucking dude. 
hope you got something out of it. I hope you will check back. I will be doing some more shows now that I have downtime. Yes, Steve, I'll be doing more shows. So calm your tits. And that's it. That's all I've got for now. Uh, I guess the, uh, the clothes that I normally do, I can't really do because you guys can't really go do some shit. So do some house projects. Learn some new words, maybe. I don't know. Write a new song. Practice your instruments. Do whatever you got to do. Stay home. Stay safe. Don't infect a bunch of motherfuckers. And don't get infected yourself. And that's pretty much all I got. So I will talk to you soon. I don't know when, so don't hold me to that. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got. So until next time, I will talk at you soon.